You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, OJ, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank, presented by iHeartRadio, right here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. Seth Levitt here, and we have a very special episode of the podcast as we look back at the DCC 14. Now, I can't imagine anyone listening to this podcast is unfamiliar with the Dolphins Challenge Cancer, but if for some reason that's the case, just know that the DCC is the Miami Dolphins-led year-round initiative to improve the lives of those impacted by cancer through financial support for innovative cancer research at Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center. It is also the largest fundraising event in the entire National Football League. Think about that for a second. How could that be? Well, this year alone, the DCC featured more than 6,000 attendees, 370 organizations, more than 450 cancer survivors who participated, team owner Stephen Ross, Dolphins president and CEO Tom Garfinkel, head coach Mike McDaniel, more than 20 players and alumni, including the great Dan Marino and the Fish Tank's own O.J. McDuffie, who happened to participate in the 99-mile Jason Taylor ride in support of this effort. Oh, by the way, this year's DCC raised, you know, just a record-breaking $12 million. That's right, $12 million, which brought the 14-year fundraising total of the DCC to more than $75 million in support of innovative cancer research. Absolutely unbelievable. So as I mentioned, OJ was pretty busy during the DCC, so it was next man up, our Dolphins Podcast Network brother, Travis Wingfield of Drive Time fame took the wheel as he and I hosted a live two-hour radio show in one of the paddock garages for the Formula One Crypto.com Miami Grand Prix, which just may have been the coolest location we've ever broadcast from. And while we won't replay the entire show for you now, there were some important conversations that we had on the show that we'd like to share with you in this space. So please enjoy our conversation with Juice, with Miami Dolphins linebacker and DCC board member Jalen Phillips, who was joined by a very special guest, and Elizabeth Jenkins, who has chaired the DCC board each of the past two years as she has brilliantly carried the torch for her late husband, Jason Jenkins. All right. So let's get things started. Let's share our conversation with the only podcaster to lead the NFL in receptions, bowl a perfect game, and ride 99 miles in the DCC, the one and only O.J. McDuffie. All right, well, this wouldn't be the Miami Dolphins on iHeartRadio if it wasn't not just myself and not just Travis, but we had to get Juice in here, right? I mean, Travis, there's no way we could do this. I know it's not a post-game show, and I know it's not a happy hour show, Juice, but it's probably something bigger and more important than that, something that's really important to you. And as much as we wanted to do it live, the time-space continuum or something scientific like that wouldn't allow for it because by the time people are listening to this, you're going to be on a bike. You're going to be riding and raising money and fighting cancer. So we appreciate you making some time for us, Juice, because I know you've been prepping for the big ride. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I've been, uh, I've been riding, you know, five miles a day. To get ready for my 99 miles. So, if, if I... <laughs> wait a minute. Did you start like in 2022? In five miles a day. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, you know, this year, man, it, it, you know, as we know, cancer and cancer research and what Sylvester does, uh, it's, it's near and dear to my heart. 
But for me, you know, it's like I had options, Big Seth and Travis. You know, I had, um, you know, this year's the Hall of Fame rides, as you all, as you both know. So yeah. I had the option of a 13-mile ride. I had the option, which is Dan Marino, obviously, 39-mile ride, which is Larry Zonka. The 54-mile ride was the Zach Thomas. Um, but I chose in my old ass with all my ailments mm. to do the 99 mile Jason Taylor ride. Let's go. 99 right on time. Right I on love time it. Right, right on time, man. Um, right on time. 12 hours later. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I kind of got caught up. I ride every year as you, as you both know, I ride every year. And usually I try to stay within my lane when I, when I ride. Um, but we had the pleasure of has having, um, Liz Jenkins on our show, on the pregame show during the season. And uh, she's doing 99 miles. And she mm. asked me what I was doing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know what Marcellus Wallace said about pride, don't you, Juice? <laughs> <laughs> so I had no choice but to sign up for, for 99 miles, man. And um, fortunate for me, guys, it's a, uh, a ride and not a race. So I will have a little bit of assistance, not like uh, somebody pushing my bike, whatever, but my bike is super dope. It's super dope. So I get a chance to like uh, coast a little bit with other people that are serious riders, some serious riders. And I love that those guys are going to be there as well. I'm not a serious rider, but I have been training. I told you five miles a day for the last, you know, you know, few days. And I'll do, I'll do six miles um, leading up to the race a day. And then, <laughs> but I didn't know. Bottom line is this, though. I'm, I'm, we're going to raise a lot of money for what's really, really important here, and that's cancer research. Um, yeah. It's so crazy because I've always been involved in cancer research. Um, Penn State, they do a they do a dance marathon. It's called Thon now, and they've last year they raised over fifteen million dollars in one year wow. um, for pediatric cancer. And I know how important it is. Um, for everyone because cancer affects everyone um i lost my mom to cancer i lost a couple uncles to cancer and um of course man it's it's something that's hell been everybody has been dealing with in their lives um big seth i know you and your mom you know um are doing some cancer um treatments and you're you're a big big part of what you know what she's going through and i know what what you're going through brother you know, and uh, it's a nasty, nasty, nasty disease. And whatever mm-hmm. I can do, if it's, you know, ride 99 miles and then paying for it for two weeks afterwards, hell, it's worth the ride. Juice, I, w- I want you to tell me about when you get across that finish line. Cause you, t- you mentioned doing this for so long now. When you get across that finish line and, you know, you talk about how this, you know, this disease, this ailment affects pretty much everybody that you come in contact with. I'm curious just kind of the feelings and the emotions you get because I, I can hear the emotion in your voice right now talking about this. It's obviously a very sensitive subject. But when you see these tens of thousands of Dolphins fans and people in the community in South Florida and all these big heavy hitters and people that are doing whatever they can to support. I just want to hear your experience when you come across the finish line and just see this mega, mega event that supports such a great cause and so many great people involved. Man, Travis, it's been incredible. It's amazing how much it's grown. I mean, honestly, I mean, the Dolphins have done an amazing job with all the different rides, a 5K, some virtual rides. And then the, you know, the whole atmosphere when everybody's there fighting for one cause, you know, the one call thing is it, it's so important because 
especially in a country that's so divided about so many things, one thing we can all come together about is fighting cancer. And I, I and when you cross that line, um, look, I've crossed the line in a fifty mile, fifteen mile, uh, fifteen mile ride or a thirty mile ride. I, I probably have crossing the line on a ninety nine mile ride is going to be a little different feeling than it would have been, you know, for some of the shorter rides that I've done, man. But no matter what, every single mile, every single dollar, every single thing, it just you just think about all those that it can help. You know, my my mom, my uncles, they didn't they, they didn't pass in vain to this nasty disease because we're out here raising money to eventually, you know, find a cure uh, for for a disease that I think, you know, man, it's amazing that there isn't one yet. But hell, let's keep raising dollars till we find one. Yeah, with, without a question there, Juice. So here's what I, I want to ask you about. There is no former Dolphin who is a bigger Miami Dolphins fan than our guy, O.J. McDuffie, Travis. Like, we see it at every game. At, well, we see it on the road games, at home games. He can't sit in the press box with us because he would break every press box rule. You love being a Dolphin. You are so active in, with the Alumni Association. You wear your colors with pride. Uh, you know, we've heard players joke about what a big fan you are. Preseason games, you're getting heated there in the uh, in the alumni box. <laughs> but that pride has to take a different, you know, I made a pride joke earlier, but that takes a, a, a whole different meaning with this. How proud are you to be a part of an organization that started an event that has become the most successful charitable fundraiser in the entire National Football League? Man, I'm not surprised by what the Dolphins do ever uh honestly man it's one of the best organizations in 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 all of pro sports and it, it really is and uh to take this challenge on with sylvester comprehensive um it just shows what we we care about uh a lot more things than just what's happening on the football field this is a community event and we know what what the miami dolphins mean to the community and we know how obviously we just talked about cancer has affected every community so why not um, you know, be a part of an organization that's incredible, but's also doing an incredible thing and in trying to make some awareness as well as raise some dollars to for for an amazing um for an amazing cause. So, you know, I, I am a huge doll fan. I'm a I'm a I'm a homer. I, I love the fact that you and I and, and Travis work together in the post game. We can talk about the the us and 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 and, and we uh, whereas when I was working other radio, I had, I couldn't use those type of what they pronouns. I couldn't use those pronouns because I'm supposed to be more national. I'm a dolphin through and through and things like this make me even a bigger fan. I, I love what we do on the field, but hell man, what we're doing off the field with this team, with this organization, with uh, Stephen Ross and with Tom Garfinkel and all the people that are part of this whole DCC, what they do off the field, is truly amazing. And you know there are a lot of people out there trying to replicate it, and I hope they do. I hope they come and enjoy it, and, and, and not not enjoy, but see what we're doing and take that to their cities. I would love for all 32 teams, you know, to be able to go out there and 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 start doing things to to you know to combat and raise money for cancer, which is one of the yeah obviously one of the biggest things that we deal with on a day to day basis through everyone that we know and touch. It certainly sets a precedent for, you know, the way to do things in terms of charitable organizations and raising money. And on that topic, Juice, you know, to bring it back to my old uh, 
my old stomping grounds, my old days, I used to play Legion baseball. And we had to go around <laughs> raising money to of course. support our, our team, our travel and stuff. And I hated it because it was so hard to go knock on doors cold and ask people to pay money to pay for us to travel in baseball. But I'm thinking about like, does every organization have an ace in the hole, like an OJ McDuffie? Because I cannot imagine someone being like, oh, OJ came to my house to, to raise money or whatever it might be. I'm curious how easy it is for you to uh, to raise funds for this thing, because like we talk about, you're kind of a, a legend down here in the community. I imagine that's a, a big a big uh, sticking point for you to, to make this thing happen. Absolutely, man. I'm going to tell you this, too. We've got about 30 to 35 alumni that are out there raising money, too, and we we we. It's, a, it's, it's crazy to me because we sit there and we want to compete all the time. So we're compete, we compete all the time with other organizations to raise the most money for this challenge, you know, and, and we know how important it is for, you know, for the ride, but we also want to go out there and compete, but it's, 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 it's amazing to go out there and see the Nat Moores, the Terry Kirby's, you know, the Sean Woodens, the Troy Drayton's, all these guys that go out there and ride. And I'm going to tell you this too. These guys, I mean, if you, we just talked about the, the smallest ride is 13 miles. These guys, we're all banged up in our lives physically. We're all, we're all beat up in our, in our lives physically. But no matter what, we're willing and we are able and we want to go out there and be a part of this challenge that – uh, you know that it's going out, going out there in effect. We're all going to pay for it at the end of the day, but hell, that's an easy sacrifice, Travis. It's such an easy, easy sacrifice. And I'll tell you what, the Dolphins have done a lot to make our lives a lot better. And so we, we, we're, we're willing and able to go out there and fundraise for the most important thing in, in our lives at this point, and that's to fight this terrible disease. Well, he was a two-time MVP for the Miami Dolphins, and he is an every-year MVP in the Dolphins Challenge Cancer. And now in 99 mile, well, not yet, but by the time this radio show is over, <laughs> he will be a 99-mile MVP. Can we get, can we like mic you up and, and get some live updates maybe later in the show and figure out where you're at, and what, what your mile marker is? Yeah, I would love that. It's probably best to get me early in the show. You know what I mean? The first few miles. We'll play this interview right at the top. Play at the beginning, yeah. So let me get the first few miles in because who knows what's going to be happening, you know, around mile you know five ten fifteen mile, mile seven mile really seven. right just because we're riding five every day in the office yeah, i gotta get to right. seven mile hit me after seven to see if i'm still around you know what i mean for this <laughs> thing man but uh real talk though yeah it's, I, 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 yeah it's gonna be um it's gonna be the challenge and it really is i got some guys that you know that are excited about it we got a lot of guys that have done the smaller rides but this year we got some guys that are going for the jason taylor you know and, that, and that's important man because when you we sit there and make that type of commitment. I, I think that a lot of people realize that you are serious about what's going on, and yeah. and I, we are we are truly serious about going out there and raising some money for cancer. You know, we're having a lot of fun here today, but that's exactly right. It is serious business, and it's just uh, unbelievable to be a part of it. I know Travis and I, our contribution is kind of flapping our gums today, but you're uh, you're out there, man. Everybody plays the their part, Seth. Everybody yeah, you got to know part, your role man. for sure, Absolutely. and I know mine, but I, I respect the heck out of what you're doing, Juice. So you, you go get him there, and we can't wait to see you at the finish line. Hey, I can't wait to see you guys too, man. I am not used to seeing Juice on that side of an interview, but man, can you tell how important this effort is to him and how close it hits to home. I just hope that he's been getting some rest since that big ride because – 
as great as Travis was, I'm ready to have my partner back right here in the tank. Speaking of guys that we can't wait to have back, it was awesome to spend some time with Jalen Phillips. Now, Jalen, of course, is rehabbing his torn Achilles, but he looked great. He was a man of the people. He was wearing his Dolphins jersey number 15, and he visited with us along with his new best friend, Malachi. Now, Malachi is a five-year-old cancer survivor who was on hand to celebrate the day with his mom, and he got to wave the checkered flag at the finish line. We are live here from DC 314, broadcasting from the F1 paddock at Hard Rock Stadium. Travis Springfield, Seth Levy here with you guys up until noon here on Fox Sports 940 Miami. And we have another special guest and a recurring guest as well, alongside linebacker Jalen Phillips, our new friend Malachi. Jalen, tell us about you and Malachi's budding friendship here, man. Malachi, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Well, I... Well, I... Um, am I um, Jayden because he's my favorite? Me too. But I never seen him before. Now I do. And, I, and I'm a <laughs> How about that? Strong words came from Malachi. I see why you came from Malachi. I know, right? <laughs> it's so, like a hype man. Me, me and Malachi know each other for almost two years now. Um, every time I go down to Alex's place at Sylvester, I just see him in there just a ball of joy with the other kids. And I just recently found out that he is cancer-free from leukemia, which is it's such a blessing. And he truly is living. So it's all about, right? It's all about, man. Cool stuff. Jalen, talk about, I mean, since you got here, and obviously it predates you being a Miami Dolphin, but since you stepped foot as a, uh, on South Florida, all you've done is community work. At a, I've never seen anything like it. I told you this when you were on the fish tank. To win the Nat War Community Service Award, as a rookie, it's unheard of. It, it hadn't happened. Why are you so invested in the community here? And, and why the DCC? To take a level as a board member, why the DCC? Yeah, so, I mean, just starting with the community, uh, the South Florida community has embraced me so much as I've come down here. And I feel like I'd be remiss if I don't do everything I can on the platform that I have to get back to the community. I mean, just look at it. We got, we got a school of Dolphins fans here, supporters of DCC. Um, so South Florida, to me, is really a second home. So, yeah, I mean, when I first got into the league, I just told the Dolphins people, like, anything that you guys have going on, any opportunities to do some community work, let me know. Um, and I just think that really with DCC, to answer the second part of your question, um, I just kind of really felt like a kinship with DCC in the sense that, you know, I've had a lot of people affected by cancer, um, both family members and loved ones. Um, and to me, it's just, it's such an incredible cause um, that what we do out here, what Sylvester does, raising funds for cancer research. Um, so I just really feel grateful and honored to, to be able to, like I said, use my platform to spread some love and, and encourage other people to do the same. Well, you're very good at that. You're good at getting after quarterbacks right over here as well. But we've had a bunch of guests on the show here today talk about the growth of DCC, not just from year one to now, but the last few years. I mean, post-pandemic has really been – it's been outrageous how it's grown. I want to hear from your perspective from when you got here in 2021 to now how you've seen it grow and evolve. Yeah, it's been incredible. I mean, I rode the 100 – 2021 and 2022, uh, and it just blew my mind how many people were there riding it with me and how many people were doing the other rides and the 5K and just supporting in general. But coming here today, um, it's actually kind of cool because obviously not being able to ride, which is so fortunate, but being able to have the perspective of just coming in here and having this whole different experience of, you know, communicating with the fans and just walking around and seeing what the event is really like, it's mind-blowing how big it is. Um, and it's just you know, really incredible. You just mentioned not being able to ride this year. 
it's great to see you walking around. I like seeing you not on, on that little scooter there. But as anybody who follows the Miami Dolphins or the NFL knows, unfortunately, suffered a, a significant injury this season with the Achilles. You are no stranger to adversity. Like your entire career path, you've, you've had to overcome one thing or the next and continue to persevere. But when you get involved with something like the DCC, and, you, you know, Liz Jenkins talked to, talked to us about this year is about the stories. And you hear the stories. Does it put it into perspective? Like, you are battling something. It's a real injury. It is not easy to get back on that field to overcome what you're overcoming. But, like, do you get some level of strength when you or, or perspective when you hear the stories that these people are dealing oh, with? Absolutely. I mean, when I hear the stories of, of these cancer survivors and the people who have dealt with cancer, I mean, it, it really just, like you said, puts into perspective and just makes me realize how precious life is uh, and how they're really the true heroes and the true warriors. Uh, and so if I can aspire to, to just be a fraction of, of the strengths that they have, um, then I think I'm doing all right. But like I said, I've got several family members, my grandfather, namely, he's had cancer three times. Um, and he still to this day is the most God-fearing, humble, and giving person that I've ever met in my life. Um, so that just inspires me to, no matter what I'm going through in life, to just you know keep my head up, keep a positive attitude, uh, and just try to, like I said, well, you constantly impress us, man, both on and off the field. And I was so kind of inspired by your courage after you suffered that injury back in November, I think it was. And you talked a lot about like, the next step and how you're going to attack the process. Seth kind of alluded to it there, but I, I have to ask you a Dolphins football question here. How is how's the rehab coming? How are you feeling? And what's the outlook for you? Rehab has been incredible. I honestly haven't had a bad day yet. Um, you know, when it happened, I knew that it was going to be a pivotal moment in my career, um, just in the sense that it could go one of two ways. I could feel sorry for myself and shut down. Or I could take it as an opportunity to get better. I mean, when, when things happen in life and you have adversity, you always come out the other side stronger as long as you don't give up. Uh, and so for me, just kind of that mantra I have on myself is try your hardest and never give up. Uh, and, you know, it's got me to this point, And, you know, I hope that I can serve as an inspiration to other people going through problems as well. Uh, there's no doubt that you have. I could say that without even fooling people. I'm sure that you have. How long did it take, though? Like, how long did it take from the shock of on that moment, which – Fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to say it, we all experienced your injury almost with you because of the hard knocks coverage, which was so compelling, but also just gut-wrenching to watch. But from the moment that you realized what happened to getting to the mindset that you have right now, like, was it overnight? Like, what did it take for you to get to that mindset? I'll never forget this. Obviously, you guys saw the range of emotions I went through on the field, but when I got back into the locker room, kind of settled in I realized like the gravity of the situation I remember I was in the shower and I just I said thank you God I said thank you God for this opportunity and I just broke down and started crying because to me that felt so empowering because I took this adversity and switched the mind frame to something that was you know empowering me and something that I would, that was going to motivate me so yeah I mean ever since then like I said I haven't had a bad day since um you know there's been some tough times some days obviously where it's sore where I want to be walking when I was in the boot um, but just knowing that at the end of this road that I'm going to be stronger because of it has really given me all the motivation that I need. And unfortunately, we lost another guy at your position group, Bradley Chubb, late in the year. I'm curious about the process of rehabbing that thing together because there were some cool stories about how like Raheem and Alec were in the rehab process this past year and they came out both making their first career Pro Bowls. Yeah. Are you excited to have the chance to kind of be with your brother and attack it? I know it's not like ideal, obviously, but yeah, definitely not ideal. you guys get joined in that, in that process. <laughs> definitely not ideal, but it's honestly been a blessing in a sense, you know, We've both been trying to find silver linings out of all of this um, because when things happen, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the rabbit hole of why, why is this happening? But at the end of the day, it just matters how you attack it. So both of us have shared kind of you know, how we've been feeling and shared that mindset and we're both attacking it. You know, Bradley's doing great. 
Uh, I don't want to speak for him, but, you know, just being with him every day, doing rehab with him, we've both been able to motivate each other. So it's really been a blessing. Last time you were, when I were together with a microphone on the pitch tank, you were, uh, had just finished your rookie season, getting ready to start season two. And in fact, I think you just joked about you had to get to that third game before you were becoming a veteran. Well, you're a vet now. There's young guys at the position. There will be more young guys at the position. What is that like for you to have now this shift from being the young guy who's trying to soak it all in? And you still, you're always learning. You'll be 10 years into this thing, you'll still be learning. But now you're also in a position to be a leader to younger guys who are coming both on and off the field. Is something like the DCC, your preparation in terms of your rehab, are all of those things elements of how you show a young guy what it's like to be a professional this week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one thing that I've always is how you do one thing is how you do anything. Um, so, you know, I, I can't say that I'm trying to be the man I'm trying to be, but I'm not on community efforts. I'm not working on my family efforts. I'm not, you can't just be one track mind and all the way football. I think you have to be a well-rounded person in football because football, to me, so many life lessons that you can take out of football. And one of my favorite things about football is it, it teaches me accountability and it teaches me how to be a man. And so if you if you can have the perspective of understanding that there's more to football than just playing the game and just focusing on the stress of, of being in and out in the days of football, um, I think that you can really grow up from it a lot. And so it's been kind of funny because you know, I'm, I'm coming into my fourth year and it's like literally yesterday I was getting drafted. So time really flies. I think of myself as a veteran. And uh, whenever I see the young guys coming in, I still feel like I'm the same age as them. I feel like I'm a rookie <laughs> still too. It's a weird transition, it's isn't really it? It's a weird transition, but um, I think that people respect you know, me and what I do and how I show up every day. I try to be you know, uh, a quintessential professional, essentially. And so just kind of I've always been a lead by example type guy. I mean, anybody who's willing to listen to me, I like to try to put them on game and share the things that I've learned too. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely cool kind of taking that mentorship um, role. I'm the old man here at the table, but every time I sit down with Jalen, I feel like I've got some growing up to do. Like, I was going to say, sometimes in the podcast, I'm like, I'm 36 doing this. Too. Like, what am I talking about right now? Even Malachi like that. He joke. liked that one. Speaking of Malachi, Jalen, we appreciate you having me on today, man. Any last words, Malachi? You got want to take us home here, buddy? What do you think? Well, I post, I love Jalen so much because because when I saw him the film, I saw him. Take a picture with fans, and and I Jay because he's my favorite, and because he's my favorite football player in the world. That's a grab out, man. Jalen Phillips, aka Jalen Pushups. What a <laughs> <laughs> he must have seen your Instagram post to come up with that name. Jalen, we appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for stopping by today. How can you not root for Jalen Phillips? You heard us say it on the air, but he's just one of the most impressive people that you will ever meet. Whether he's playing football or he's doing work in the community, he's just the type of guy that makes you proud to cheer for the Miami Dolphins. So we wish Jalen a speedy recovery. Can't wait to see his work back on the gridiron, of course but also in his philanthropic efforts throughout 2024. Our final interview today is with Elizabeth Jenkins. Good luck finding a more inspirational individual than Elizabeth, who, as board chair, has helped lead the charge for the DCC, raising more than $22 million in the past two years alone. Now, Elizabeth will tell you, everybody gets the credit. There's thousands of people who helped raise all of that money, but she was the board chair. You got to give her some credit there. Pat yourself on the back, Liz. Just a fabulous job. Elizabeth shares with us how she stepped into the role and how meaningful it has been for her and her family. 
Well, I've been a part of the Dolphins family for a long time. So I've, I've, I was here for DCC one. So, um, Unfortunately, my husband, well, fortunately, my husband was the board chair for DCC 12, um, and they had asked him to be the board chair for DCC 13. Um, unfortunately, he um, he passed away in August of 2022, unexpectedly, and um, I had known he had already signed up for his 100-mile ride, and so in sort of going through the grief process, I was trying to figure out what I could do for him, and I had gone to Tom Garfinkel and said, you know, I'd be happy to take on his ride if that's okay, and Tom was like, absolutely, no problem, and then a couple days later, he texted me. He's like, what were your thoughts if you took on the board chair role, and I was like, I'm really just still trying to wrap my head around riding 99 or 100 (laughs) miles. Like, I, I have no idea, so... I, I sort of avoided the conversation a little bit and said, I'm not sure. Let me think about it. Um, and then um, I actually went to church and my pastor gave a, a very impassioned sermon about um, if life keeps on bringing you situations to your life, um, instead of running away from them, maybe you should say yes. And then within 30 minutes, Tom ironically called me just to check in. And he asked me the question again. And I said, you, you, you got me at the right time. I'm going to say yes. And it was probably the best yes I had said that year so far. And I was, um, you know, totally overwhelmed, unprepared. I had no idea what I signed up for. Um, but the board was so welcoming. Um, the team at the Dolphins and the DCC team, Javi, Abby, everyone, were so welcoming to me and guided me through the process. Um, and so we did DCC 13, and it was um, a transformative experience for me. Um, the ride was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, um, physically, and I'm a CrossFitter. So for me to say that, it says a lot. I've been through a lot myself. Um, but it was cathartic. Um, I rode for Jason, obviously. I raised money for Jason. Um, and, you know, to show my kids that I was doing something in honor of their dad and connected to the Dolphins was great. So we raised um, a record-breaking amount. That was the other thing they didn't tell me is that they had very high goals. Um, the year, <laughs> the year previous, of we had raised did. for Jason's group. I think they had raised 8.6 and they were like, Oh, well, by the way, we're going on a run over 10. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> over 10. Great. <laughs> we're going to no start problem. real easy. <laughs> and we did, we raised 10.5, which I was, uh, beyond proud that we could do that. And that's really a testament of the community. Um, the community, um, has really supported this organization and this mission, um, the Sylvester Cancer Comprehensive Cancer um, Institute, as well as the Dolphins. Um, this has been going on for 13 years at that time, and now we're on year 14, and it's been phenomenal to see. Phenomenal is a great word to sum up everything that you just said there. And, it, you know, you, you said 8.5 and a little over 8 and 10.5. I want people to understand that's million. There, there's million, million following yes. that. It's not thousand. <laughs> that's that's ten point five million dollars that was raised last year, a record-breaking year uh, by Elizabeth Jenkins. In quite oh, an impressive rookie it's season. Everyone. It's and, everyone. Elizabeth Jenkins and the entire <laughs> right the, the group. Well, you are you're at the head of it, right? So we always say the coach and the quarterback gets too much yeah, credit when yeah, they win and not right. enough when they lose, right? You know all of that. So. I just want to talk about impressive rookie seasons that we've seen down here for the Miami Dolphins. Devon Achan just killed it this past year. We know Jalen Waddle a few years ago revolutionized, you know, what, what a rookie's supposed to do at the receiver position. You go out and do that. You break uh, you break your husband's record that that seemed 
that that couldn't be broken. And you go ahead and and you told me there. You're like, well, I got to beat him, right? You know, like that, that competitive yeah, spirit. I'm competitive. Is still there. <laughs> yeah, we we know you are, and I'd expect nothing less. And and but here's the question: Is how do you follow up that rookie season? Like, what can we expect this year? Uh, yeah, no, I was actually, well, I thought this was going to be a one and done, to be honest. Um, I was like, okay, I did my one, you know, they're going to be like, all right, thanks for doing this. Like you can see yourself to the door. <laughs> um, and then on the last board meeting, um, uh, out of the blue, one of the board members was like, Hey, one last thing I wanted to bring up before you get off the call. And he's like, any chance you want to do this again next year? And I was like, Oh, Oh, this is how we're going to do this. We're going to yeah, put me on, one last on blast. And I said, you know what? I would be honored to do it one more year. And um, so that was really the challenge. I was like, okay, I've got one year under my belt. Like, how do we, how do we elevate this? Um, you know, seeing the behind the scenes and understanding and just hearing the feedback from the people who participated and doing it. And I think this year we are going to shock everybody. We have up the ante. Um, you know, this year we have partnered with f1 and so we are going to actually ride on the f1 track we're going to be using the paddock club um i think we have elevated this to a place that i don't think people have seen before um you know we obviously there's a lot of things that go on at hard rock stadium <laughs> um so we have to work around you know miami open doing their build out and you know f1 building it and so we had the last couple of years had been sort of in a parking lot uh, where previously we had ridden through the stadium. Um, that obviously is not an option as they're building um, Miami Open's uh, grandstand right now. So we talked to F1 and they said, yeah, no, we can absolutely use the track and use the paddock club and highlight that. And, and we've also brought back the concert we used to do a couple of years ago. So this year we have a headlining concert afterwards. Um, Shaka Khan is going to be performing. So um, Love it should that. be a fun, you know, celebration. That's what really we wanted. We wanted a celebration as well as we wanted to celebrate, you know, people coming in at the same time. That was a, a little bit of feedback that we got is that, you know, because there's such a range and times coming back, you know, people are running 100 miles, people are running 13, people are doing a 5K, but people were coming in at different times. This year we've adjusted start times. So people are going to be coming in at about the same time which will, I think, increase that celebration feeling um, of finishing, even no matter which route you've decided to choose to do, you're all ending at the same place and celebrating this moment. And, you know, I think it's going to be a phenomenal emotional moment for people. Um, and it's a celebration. Um, the other night, somebody brought up the fact, you know, DCC1 was about us riding for, you know, people we lost, um, you know, obviously, Jim Mandich was a main proponent of why we do this ride at the beginning. And we unfortunately lost him. And so, you know, it was, you know, a tribute to people we've lost 14 years from now, like now we're riding with survivors. We're riding with people we've saved. And that's such a huge Testament of what transformative power this organization and this mission has done over the last 14 years to our community and beyond. And I'm very proud to be even a small part of that. 
Yeah, I love the idea of that, Liz, the celebration. That was kind of, you know, speaking of your late husband, the great Jason Jenkins, who we refer to all the time on this, on our show, our radio, our podcast, and just me, Seth, and OJ talking all the time is that it was about a celebration. We always looked at the last couple of Dolphin seasons as like, think about this as how happy Jason would be watching these seasons. And to kind of continue the theme here of, of making the comparison with football and the, and the bike ride here, you know, I, I think Seth and I, I think our roles right here as radio hosts might be like coaches in a way. So I'm going to try to find a way to incentivize you hear a little bit as your radio coach a little bit so we were talking okay. off the air before this about the competitiveness of yourself but also our our third man here on the show typically who's not with us today because he's out on the ride with you actually right now as we speak <laughs> he's training so, he's trying well he's on he's on the ride his training maybe was not as intense as yours and that's kind of where i'm going with this here so you'll be on the 99 mile jason taylor ride this year which again did the 100 miles last year slack and liz one mile less i know I told them we're bit. doing that last mile. I'm just gonna <laughs> take keep an extra lap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna take a couple extra laps. I'm doing a hundred. I like I that. Like That's perfect. That. Maybe some foreshadowing their potential <laughs> Hall of Fame in the future. I'm getting ahead of myself there. Anyway, so you and OJ are gonna be competing a little bit here. You might run into him, but I understand that your guys' bikes might be a little bit different. So he told us that his training was like five miles, and you hear us on the radio show here as well, like five miles a day he was riding. He said he bumped up to six miles a week of, like, okay, OJ, you're still a few, I don't know math very well, but you're still a little bit short on that number. So my, my long-winded question here is, are you going to top OJ? And also, tell us about the training that you put into this to, to put 100 miles down because, gosh, that's a long ride. Uh, sure. Uh, my goal is yes, I am going to top OJ. Now, I know that I bullied him into joining the ride uh, the last time I was on the radio show. So uh, I will attest that I have no problem being a bully. Um, I bully many of the other alumni. <laughs> Terry Kirby is also doing the 99 with me. And so I think great. he regrets that. Um, <laughs> he actually trained with me a couple times, which was awesome. Uh, no, I, I definitely said after last year, I was going to do better at my training. I unfortunately did not fulfill that promise. Uh, life got the better of me. Um, my kids <laughs> won out. Um, but yes. I started training in December. Um, and, you know, I went out with a 40, which was probably a little too aggressive on my first ride bout. Um, I was a yeah. bit sore. Um, did some adjustments to my bike. Uh, the guys at Max Cycle are fantastic. Um, if you ever need a great bike tune-up, uh, they um, definitely did that for me. But um, I went out for 54 this past Saturday. Um, it was great. I felt fantastic. You know, the weather might be a little cooler this Saturday. Um, so I've sort of, I pretty much have, I haven't done a hundred yet. I haven't done, you know, the full, but 54 felt good. Um, I did that with Nat this weekend and you know, Nat kept up, which I loved and he's only doing 13. So he way overshot what he needs to do for this. Oh man. Um, but you know, it's going to be, it's, I'm excited for OJ to experience it with the other people. Um, you know, it's not a race and I know I'm being competitive with him, but it's really about connecting with the people that you ride with and their stories. Um, you know, I was like trying to think about what this year's word was for me. And, you know, last year's year word was, you know, turning pain into purpose. And this year I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, it's really about the stories. You know, everyone has a story of how we're connected and we are all very interconnected. Um, you know, Fortunately, my, so my daughter is actually, my daughters are actually walking this year and, um, this is the first year they've ever done it. And, you know, unfortunately my daughter's best friend's dad passed away from cancer mm -hmm. after a, a very quick diagnosis and turnaround and a three week time over the holiday, uh, Christmas holiday, he passed away. Wow. And, you know, 
obviously my daughter was pained because it's her best friend. Obviously she has knows how it feels to lose a parent. And she was like, I want to do this for, you know, her best friend's dad. And so the three girls who are all best friends are all wearing their, you know, their friend's dad's on their shirt and they're walking the 5k, you know, that means something. It changes people. And I think when they walk this walk, I don't think they quite understand what's going to be happening, but they're going to be walking with other people who will have pictures of the people they lost or the people who have been saved on their shirts. And I think this will change them. And that's what I love to see is, you know, changing the future. And they are that this will change them and they're going to want to do more. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's that's powerful stuff. I'd expect nothing less from the uh, two-time. It sounds like Travis, we're going to have a two-time record-breaking board chair of the DCC. I'm in, not going to put. I'm not going to show all our cards, but it's trending very, very well. And you, I you am said you would impressed. be. We will be shocked. <laughs> I, I think is what you said earlier here. You know what? And we got to let you go here, Liz. But there was a pledge made several years ago. Uh, the Miami Dolphins through the DCC made a $75 million pledge to the Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center. It's the largest known philanthropic pledge in all of sports, uh, which is that in and of itself is incredible. And from what I read entering this year, the DCC has raised more than $64 million. So it sounds to me like there's a chance that wasn't necessarily a prediction. Travis knows I don't love predictions when we're talking football, <laughs> but it sounds right. to me like there is a chance that that $75 million goal could be reached this year. What would that mean for you for that to happen? You talked about being here for DCC one. We know how um, instrumental Jason was to that pledge being made and, and, and helping to get to the number that we're at right now. What would that mean for for to eclipse that $75 million goal under your watch, so to speak, and for that to happen this year? Um, I think that'll be an accomplishment that I will always treasure. Um, you know, I think obviously that was a benchmark and I think everyone's like, okay, we'll hit that. And I'm going to say it right now. Yes, we're going to beat that number. Like we're going to have that number that beat this year. And, um, but I, really go back to thinking about how many people's lives we are going to save with that amount of money. $75 million in cancer research is going to revolutionary change people's lives who don't even know it yet. And I will never probably meet most of these people. Um, but I know that if I ever meet somebody and hear about their treatments in the future, I know that what we have done together as a community has impacted that. And that makes me feel so blessed um, to just be a small part of that service to somebody else. And that's what you want to leave. You want to leave your mark on this world. And, you know, if that could be mine, I would be thrilled. Um, mm. And I'm very excited. So, you know, I, I also hate doing predictions. I'm very, very, <laughs> uh, I don't actually watch Dolphins games live when I'm watching on TV on the road because I feel like I have too much of an impact. So I watched it on delay. I love it. Uh, me too, so man. Jason used to laugh at me. He's like, you have absolutely no impact. And I'm like, I <laughs> yes, think I do. Does. <laughs> so I watched it on delay. Um, but, so you know, I, I feel very good. And, you know, I, I want to give kudos to, you know, the Dolphins. You know, the Dolphins spearheaded this. And, you know, they are all in. Um, we had a pickup party last uh, Tuesday night. And the the alumni support that were there, the current player support that were there, you know, the executives, 
through and through, but like everyone in the organization participates um, from ticket salesperson to, you know, managers to coordinators, like they all are doing this. And that says a lot about the actual culture of the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, I don't want to toot our own horn, but we are the largest charitable organization in the NFL. We've raised the most money out of all 32 teams. And that says a lot about this organization. And I'm proud to be a part of it. What's crazy about it is the the tangible number you just gave us right there is great. I, no question about it. But to me, the biggest thing that you said in this whole interview was the story about your daughters and their friend, because you talk about that impact they had. Like, I was glad that Seth had the next question there because that was that was pretty emotional. <laughs> that was a really cool story that definitely touched touched me and you know with with my kids in a certain way as well. There, so impacts tangibly, impacts intangibly across this entire. Uh, this race, this this run, this bike ride. It's really cool to see. And Liz, you killed it. Thanks for coming on here with us today. Uh, have a great time on your ride. Um, rest Appreciate up, it. ice up, as uh, Steve Smith would say, the great Steve Smith. <laughs> and uh, just real quick to bring it back to the original rookie question. So we talked about Jalen Waddle's rookie year. I don't know if you guys know this, but his second season, he went on to have like 300 more yards, like five more touchdowns and was like 10 yards per catch more. Liz, I there think you're is. on that Jalen Waddle year two track this year. Oh, well, that, that's a huge compliment. I love Jalen. So I love all the Jalens on the team. They're all great. There's guys. a lot Many of them. them. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Great stuff. Liz, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. One of the models of the DCC that you hear and see everywhere is one team, one fight. And there is really no better way to describe how a football franchise, civic and philanthropic leaders, leaders in the health community, and then, of course, the community at large, doll fans and others who have come together to truly do the unthinkable. We congratulate each and every individual who contributed to the cause in some way, shape, or form because you are making a difference. I got to thank my guy, Travis Wingfield, who as always was an absolute pleasure to work with. And since Juice is still getting his legs back underneath him, I guess it's my turn, Juice. I've got the honor of saying thanks for diving in. You're now diving into the fish tank. Just like Drew said, thanks for diving in to the Fish Tank presented by iHeartRadio. Be sure to follow us on whatever streaming platform you're using, and don't be afraid to rate the show or leave us a comment. We love your feedback. And remember, you can find us as well as Drive Time with Travis Wingfield and all of our international partners on MiamiDolphins.com. Dive up in that fish tank.